Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor, where those who think outside the box can create unique football bets from a combination of markets. Create your best bet with the innovative BetVictor Bet Builder. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Hi, guys. It's Trevor Tulliber here, and you're listening to the Blue Day Podcast. Hello Chelsea supporters, here at the Blue Day podcast I am privileged to introduce our guest on the show today. He is the current goalkeeper for Chelsea and England's national team. Here is Kieran Lambourne. Kieran, welcome to the show and how are you? Hi Keith, I'm very good, thank you mate, how are you? I'm very well, delighted to have you on the show. We had your teammate Mark Smith on, on the show recently, we were discussing about the Chelsea amputee team, and he gave me a glowing reference to you, which you know is not bad to have as you know for somebody with Mark's backstory. But in regards to yourself, Kieran, what a sort of start the interview and sort of start talking about your journey, and you know how did your journey to become a footballer for an amputee team start? Yes, I mean. Compared to a lot of kind of the stories of the other Chelsea players and England players, mine's a pretty a simple or a boring one, really. Um, so I was I was born with my amputation, um, so I didn't have a, a left arm below the elbow. Um, so for me, I've always just had it, so I've been able to kind of adapt all my life. So it's, it's not been such a challenge as what other people have had. Um, but no, since a young child, I've been really interested in sport and footy, um, played it ever since I, I could walk, really. So I was kicking the ball before I was I was walking, to be honest. Um, but no, like I say, I just played from a sort of grassroots team um, all the way through till about 12 or 13. Um, at that point, I'd, I was with sort of um, Norwich Disability um, Foundation um, in their PDC. And so I hadn't even heard of amputee football until... Probably two years into that, when I was about 13, they said um, I ever wanted to play for England and I'd have to play in goal. Um, at that point, I, I didn't like the sound of that. I'd never played in goal, avoided it like the plague. Um, but yes, first session back from that, um, I had a go. Didn't go too great, to be honest. Um, the first shot that came at me, I tried to head it away. <laughs> so I certainly wasn't a natural. Um, and then... Yeah, from there, sort of got in contact with my local um, disability officer. Um, and he had a very close contact with the England goalkeeper at the time, um, Gary Heineke. Um, and so, yeah, they basically questioned, why couldn't I just play in the leagues? And at that point, I didn't know there was a league. Um, so my local club at that time was Oxford, um, even though I'm from sort of Norfolk area. So <laughs> it was certainly a, a stretch. Um, so no, I, I played That's a lot of travelling to do. 
<laughs> that is a hell of a lot of traveling yeah it's probably about three and a half hours um so yeah i'd yeah literally played a couple of games sort of just outfield to get used to the sport of amputee football um just because it's completely different to the grassroots football that i played before um just with the, the crutches and everything go with it um and then eventually a peter team set up um which was a lot more local um so that made a lot more sense um and then yeah so i had a couple of years at peterborough started playing in goal um even though the, the peterborough number one at that time was the england number one so I, he was really good at sort of sharing minutes in goal but it, it was always going to be a challenge um obviously when he wants to to showcase what he can do to get in the England team. Um, but no, sort of 18, I moved to Portsmouth Uni um, and they actually had a team. So I trained with them for one season at the first year at uni, eventually got in the team um, so I could get some sort of first team football. And, and that was massive really in terms of sort of getting selected for England. Um, so like the next year, I got selected for the 2018 World Cup in Mexico um, when I was 19. So that was sort of a massive experience, um, not not just the tournament, but the, the build up to it. We went to loads of different places like with Dublin, Warsaw, um, Houston twice as well. Um, so so that was massive. Got loads of experience there um, and obviously went to the World Cup. Um, and yeah, obviously have been, been playing with Peterborough in the league up until obviously last year where the Chelsea team was formed and, and we've yeah, had a really good start. We'll talk about how the Chelsea team began sort of later on, but in terms of yourself, you know, you mentioned earlier that the goalkeeping position wasn't going to be your forte. Well, who was your idols growing up as a kid and what position did you feel that you wanted to play? Um, so my first ever idol was Michael Owen. Um, so that's that's why I'm a Liverpool fan, which you won't be pleased to hear. Um, but um, yeah, he was just the first one that I wanted to be like. Um, got the same boots as him, went on the field next door to try and recreate what he did all the time when I was three and four. Um, so, so I always saw myself as a striker, really. Um, and as my sort of youth football progressed, I realised sort of fell further and further back the pitch. So I went from striker to midfield, midfield to defence, less running. <laughs> um, and then obviously ended up in goal. So I was never destined to be a goalkeeper. But um, yeah, eventually I, cha- I changed my mind. <laughs> What was it about the position that eventually when you had them training sessions that you felt, yeah, this could be my best position for in goal? What was yeah. that moment? What was that sort of light bulb that clicked moment for you? I think having gone from sort of a centre-back um, quite late on in my, my youth career, that sort of, I, I like being able to see the whole pitch. Um, and obviously having that, we mixed in with sort of the the potential ability to play for England. For me, it's kind of a no-brainer, a massive sort of um, yeah ambition to, to to go and do it. So it's sort of like a no-brainer for me. Um, but no, I sort of transitioned into it kind of nicely. Obviously, having played defence, being able to see the whole pitch, um, it it kind of transitioned quite nicely. But there was a lot of things like positioning that was just completely new to me and at the start I just didn't have a clue I'm not gonna lie my, my position was horrendous um but but no it was just that that kind of goal of playing for England was uh, was kind of what made me sick with it really and was it because of the, that sort of goal and ambition you had of playing for England that you decided to then go to Portsmouth and train with them 
for, for the year. When you look back on your time now with that, do you feel that that was a significant moment for you because you was able to train with a new group of players so you get sort of an understanding of where they are, but also an understanding of where you are compared to your peers? Yeah, yeah, massive. Um, that, that probably the, the the biggest year in terms of my, my amputee football career, really, to be fair. Um, just from being able to to train every week, which was huge, which we didn't get at Peterborough. Um, obviously, to practice training and goal, which at the time, you know, was was a new position that I was learning. Um, so to be able to get that experience and then obviously play regularly in the team, um, that, that was massive, really, in terms of being able to be scouted for England um sort of the the England manager on coil at the time sort of everyone sort of knew I needed to get some experience playing goal they they, they saw I had some sort of potential having seen me play out field um but but to kind of playing goal regularly in the league was exactly what I needed um and yeah everybody at Portsmouth was so welcoming um like the first season um I was still playing for Peaceborough but they still let me train um with the team um, so that was massive. And then, yeah, obviously settled me into the team, managed to get so many minutes, which was huge, really, in terms of my development and um, playing in the league regularly. Um, so, so yeah, absolutely massive sort of part of the journey, really, that kind of brought me into kind of the England setup. So, yeah, massive. And with all this that you was looking to do and your ambition to become a footballer, how significant was the support that you was getting back home with your family and your friends because of this is what you wanted to do and you was able to you know conquer that you, you you was able to achieve those aspirations what kind of support was you able to get f- through that it massive really um so everybody sort of at home my family especially my parents sort of were, were really um yeah really helpful in that kind of obviously not being able to drive before sort of I was at uni was was a challenge obviously like you say when when I'm traveling to Oxford or Manchester for these these earlier um <laughs> fixtures that so that was massive to have sort of their support on my side um and obviously supporting me at, at uni sort of living away on your own for the first time is it's it's a big change so that they helped with that massively sort of if I needed anything then I could just just ask for it um and yeah, sort of the support I got, sort of just, just encouragement. Even if it was just like I keep going, sort of when you, when you're starting out a new position at a new club and everything like that, it's always kind of difficult to start off with. But, but yeah, that that's been massive as well, sort of along the way to to, to getting where I am today, really. Now you went to Peterborough shortly after that. Was you a little bit trepidatious about how this was going to go, or was you thinking? you know, this is a good step for me to then progress my career further. Yeah, there's always that little bit of sort of doubt in your mind sort of when you're changing sort of clubs. Um, but I think for, from my perspective and from everyone's sort of perspective, it made a lot of sense. Um, obviously, if I was going to uni and then uh, playing for Portsmouth, um, that made sense. And obviously coming back, um, sort of the... the the last year of uni that I had, um, I was actually on placement with um, the Peterborough United first team, like their actual team. Um, so I kind of had a link to the club that way. So obviously moving back, that made a lot of sense as well because they ended up starting some sessions that were in Peterborough and I moved back home by that point, sort of like 2020, 2021. Um, 
so so yeah it kind of made sense on a lot of levels so I don't think there was any sort of uh controversy about it or anything like that and obviously when I'd moved back as well sort of um the likes of Mark and and a lot of the lads that are in Chelsea team right now were you know I, I saw it as a really sort of good team spirit um everyone was really close knit and everything like that so that that was a real sort of um yeah that really attracted me really um just to come back and yeah, everything sort of aligned really obviously with me working with the club and, and knowing a few people behind the scenes um yeah it, it all kind of made sense and come together nicely really and you was playing regularly for the Peterborough team you was also winning more matches than losing you ended up being quite successful with that Peterborough side I know we all spoke to Mark last week about it you was winning championships you was winning the disability cup sort of Cast your mind back to that point where you, you know, you was winning championships and you, you know, had that sort of great moment where you was able to win the Disability FA Cup. Did you think that at that point it can only go downhill from here, or was you thinking, no, I can sort of, this is the level I need to now progress to the point where I'm winning more championships, more cups? What was your sort of emotions going through your mind on that on that bit yeah I think there's always that sort of that doubt in your mind of saying thinking sort of having won all these things winning that FA Disability Cup which is on on TV um and a few weeks later there's a TikTok video that ends up getting like 30 million views that you're on and you think it can't really get any better than this really should I just kind of stop here but um but no they're obviously being so quite early in my career and everything, there was this motivation to carry on and, and continue. Um, and I think obviously not quite getting that exposure sort of from the club itself gave us that bit of fire in our bellies to, to carry on and, and keep doing something special um, so that we could get the recognition that we, we felt we deserved. Um, and then, yeah, obviously with, with the England kind of career and everything like that as well, there was that motivation there to, you know, want to cement my place in the team, get the number one spot and um, and win some international trophies. And obviously, domestically, obviously now with Chelsea as well. So there's, yeah, there is that doubt sort of thinking, oh, should I just stop here and, and quit while we're winning sort of thing? But um, no, I think it just made sense to, to carry on and, and, yeah, fight for more, really. Well, I was going to mention about your England career as well. It's been a, a, a fascinating story as well you've been involved in the world cup you've been involved in the european championships i believe as well and you you said before we started the interview you 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 visited many many countries and you've had that experience of working with your team working with your teammates and playing against different sides cast your mind back to the time where you got your first theoretically your first cap for england what, what what was going through your mind on that particular occasion? Well, I started from a lot of nerves. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, a, a lot of pride, really. Um, so I, I'd gained my first cap within the first tournament. Um, we were in Ireland. Um, we played at the Bohemian Stadium. Um, and I'd kind of got in my mind that I wasn't going to play that weekend, to be honest, because um, we had a game against Ireland on the Friday. And that was kind of seen as sort of the the easier game, if you like. Um, and I didn't get a chance playing that because that was a really tight game. Um, and then on the Saturday, we played Poland and they were, they're a big team, um, sort of 
top three in Europe sort of thing. Um, so, so by that point, sort of entering that game, I thought, I'm probably not going to get on here, you know, quite a high profile game and everything like that. But no, I sort of played the last few minutes of that. And yeah, obviously a surreal feeling kind of thinking, dreaming of being an England player when you're a kid. Um, to, to go and do that was, was special, really. Um, and yeah, it's absolutely buzzing. A lot of relief once the game had finished as well, I think. <laughs> I barely touched the ball, but it was just kind of getting through the game, just thinking, well, oh, I've got my, got my first cap. So yeah, it was, it was special. And then when you got to this stage where you are a Peterborough regular, you're an England regular for for your team, was there any sort of point where you felt, I can look at how goal, you started to learn from other goalkeepers and you started to learn about you know their positioning and how they, for example, would command their area or you know instruct the defence in front of them? Was there any goalkeepers in particular that you sort of decided to learn from and look at more closely yeah that's a good question I mean um sort of when I first started as a goalkeeper I mean I'm just looking at kind of amputee football itself um obviously Gary Mahineke who was kind of the number one before um I stepped in really sort of yeah gave me a lot of tips and, and things like that obviously having with him being sort of from the same area that I was from um having a similar story as well. Um, I, I gained a lot from him, just just watching and training with him. Um, so that was massive. And then obviously you get other amputee footballers and goalkeepers from from around the world that you kind of look and you think oh, that, that they're good. So you pick a few bits from them. But I think in kind of the, the mainstream game, um, I, I didn't really pick a particular goalkeeper really to kind of base my game around. Um, obviously, like I say, I, I was always been an outfielder. So there wasn't really sort of like a role model as such that, that I wanted to, to copy. But I'd say sort of more more recently in the last few years, i say the likes of kind of De Gea and Alisson, who are not not just good stoppers, uh, shot stoppers, but like really good with their feet, um, like distribution-wise. I think kind of I've got more of an appreciation for that side of things, having been an outfielder before. Um, so, yeah, I've kind of taken a lot from sort of their games and, and things like that. Um, so, yeah, they've been sort of, more recently, the kind of goalkeepers that I've kind of watched and, and learned from, really. And would you say that's probably helped you as well as the goalkeeper? Because, well, as you say, you was an outfield player once. You was able to concentrate, you know, whether you was left-footed or right-footed or even both. And that would have helped you when it came to, for example, trying to keep possession. They would pass, pass you the ball back and you was able not to just be old school and lump it forward, but you was able to at least pass with your feet. Would you say that that was quite pivotal for you, knowing that you had that sort of experience of playing with with both feet, being able to pass and receive the ball? Yeah, definitely. I think, obviously, having, like I say, being an outfielder, you've kind of got that sort of ability already. It's sort of not something that you have to learn, whereas if you're kind of starting out as a goalkeeper, you might not have that sort of brushed up yet. Um, so that that helped massively. But I think sort of just in terms of amputee football of the game, um, I think, you know, being a goalkeeper, obviously the only one with two legs, you need to be able to to play that ball really well and, and, and get the detail on the pass right. Um, so it's a kind of a, a big thing um, within the sport, really. And I think also just um, so when I kind of started with England as well, um, kind of the the kind of game they played, it was always start out from a back from a goalkeeper. And so, so being able to have that good um, range of passing 
um, was, was pivotal really in terms of being able to get into that England team and and progressing from there. So yeah, I'd definitely say it's a, a massive part of kind of the goalkeeping game in, in amplitude football, definitely. And speaking of progression, you was able to get a move to Chelsea last last year, last August to be exact. How did that move come about for you? Yeah, so I mean, obviously that the kind of the Peterborough era, if you like, sort of came to an end really sort of when when we realised we weren't getting that exposure. Um, and so there was kind of a core group from from Peterborough that were, were keen to move to, to a different club. Um, and so as soon as I kind of heard word about Chelsea setting up an amputee football team, you know, it was a no-brainer, to be honest, um, just to, to have the things that they're, they said they were offering, um, obviously being able to train at Cobham and, you know, obviously wearing the kit, being part of the foundation as well, it was, was massive really. So so to be able to, to be a part of that was, was a massive draw. Um, and, and yeah, obviously like now we're, we're getting that exposure and the club have been really good um, so far and obviously the fans have really bought into it as well. Um, our amputee football pages on Facebook and, and things like that have, grown massively um yes. so it's really good to see sort of the supporters gaining an interest and insight into it which is probably one of the biggest things to come out of it to be honest I think just spreading awareness of, of the game a lot of people probably haven't even heard of the sport and then obviously a lot of people probably don't even know that Chelsea have an amputee football team so I think just just getting the exposure out there getting the word out and as I say that the fans have been brilliant so far sort of just wanting to know more about the sport and and even the, the foundation as well. The coaches are buzzing to get to know the game and learn it and things like that. They're, they're, yeah, they're learning so much, obviously, having not seen too much of the game. Um, obviously, just after we started, there was the World Cup. So they're pretty much watching every minute of that, sort of learning as much as they could. Um, and they've been really enthusiastic about the, wanting to, to play a certain way um, and, and putting their kind of spin on the, on the sport, really, sort of what they see from it. So it's been been really good so far, yeah. And what was it like getting it to Cobham for the first time, knowing that you was not just here as a tourist, but you was here training for Chelsea Football Club. You was representing Chelsea. Yeah, that, that was unbelievable. Um just just that feeling of, of driving through sort of knowing you're you're a Chelsea player. It's kind of like surreal. Um obviously when you're a kid you might be waiting outside the, the training grounds, um, waiting for someone to stop and, and give you an autograph. So to be able to kind of, to drive in through the Cobham Gates was, was yeah, was unbelievable really. And it's still, still I don't think any of us really have it sunk in with any of us yet. I think we still think this is, this is mental really, that we're, we're, <laughs> we're training, we're, we're the first team playing and we get this opportunity. So yeah, it's massive really. Fantastic. And you had, you had a couple of games as well, sort of recently you had, you played Everton, you played Arsenal as well. For you, how although the results did not go our way, how did you think yourself and your teammates fared as well? Yeah, I think, you know, we gave a decent impression of ourselves. I think, obviously, when, you, when you're a new team, sort of everyone kind of looks down and you think, oh, they're not going to be much, um, you know, they're not going to trouble us too much. And obviously... A lot of the other teams have, you know, the big England players and things like that. So it's always going to be a challenge. But I, th- I thought we, we we put on a good display, really. Obviously, disappointing to 
to not get any wins in the end. But um, there, there's definitely a good starting point for us. Um, as you say, with new players gelling in, it's always going to be a challenge. And yeah, obviously that it's disappointing not to have results show for it. Obviously, we've been training since since August at Cobham. Um, but no, it's certainly a, a good starting point that we we know we can improve from. We we know definitely we can get better results and, and that'll only improve as, as the season goes on, really. The more we train and we get, and the more we get familiar with playing with each other. So, yeah, disappointing not, not to win. Uh, I think from a personal point of view, I had an OK uh, game, really. Um, I played against Everton in that um, first match. Um, and yeah, the, the first goal we conceded was disappointing, probably on my my fault, really. It was a near post shot, um, caught me off guard. I thought he was crossing it. Um, but no, the rest of the game was pretty decent. Um, and yeah, yeah a good starting point, I think, really, yeah. And if there's anybody in particular that is interested in coming down to watch you guys play, what advice would you give to them or what information can you sort of send over that if people were interested, how would they sort of get to find out about the upcoming matches and find out how you guys are doing in progress? Yeah, I mean, we've got, um, we'll start off with, we've got a Facebook page, um, Chelsea FC Amputees. So there's normally quite a few posts on there, um, sort of either about our next fixtures or pictures or things like that. Um, so that's a good starting point. But we also train at Cobham um, on a Saturday, two to four, um, every other week. Um, so anyone's really able to to come and watch if they're interested just to to get an insight to the game really it's quite fascinating to see for the first time um and then yeah we we have lee fixtures once a month up at Reese's college which is in in nantwich or crew cheshire way um so that's every month um which was obviously a trek for for anyone to go and watch so if you do go and watch them fair play but um yeah it's normally very cold up there um <laughs> a long journey um but yeah we'll have lee fixtures once a month um and next month we've got the League Cup. Um, so, yeah, that, that's going to be huge. Obviously, if you do win that, you get a chance to go into the, the FA Disability Cup final, which is at St George's Park. Um, there's a massive incentive to, to go and win that. So we're going to be uh, doing all we can to, to improve, hopefully get a, a favourable draw um, in the semis. We'll have a semi-final and a final. Um, and Yeah, hopefully bag our first trophy for Chelsea will be will be really good and um, that's what we're going for. That'll be superb. But you'll probably get you'll probably have more chance to win a trophy before Graham Potter and his band of Merry Misfits does. Anyway, <laughs> before I promised myself I would not rant about current day Chelsea, <laughs> but I do want to get your thoughts. I know you said you're you was a diehard Liverpool fan, but as you represent Chelsea, you obviously you see some of the players. I know that Mark mentioned to me that he um bumped into uh, Pierre Aubameyang sort of uh, while he was at the car park, which is kind of a cool story. But what's your thoughts on the current day shambles at Chelsea Football Club at the moment? Are you surprised with how things have gone? Do you feel that Graham deserves a bit longer in the in the hot seat? What's your overall take on the shit show that is Chelsea Football Club at the moment? I mean, well, there have been huge change, isn't there, really, in the last 12 well, yeah, 12 months, really. Oh, yeah. um, obviously, yeah. with Abramovich going, um, Bowley coming in, it, there's always going to be a, a tra- sort of a transition period. Um, but I don't think anybody really saw it being 
this sort of a big change, really, obviously, with the crazy amount of signings there's been. Um, I, I didn't see that either. Um, and I think, yeah, there, there's obviously, there needs to be some sort of a, that sort of period to transition, obviously, such a, a big change. But obviously, as fans, you, you want to see sort of results being shown straight away or soon, or at least having sort of some hope or optimism of that. At some least sign score of it. a goal. Yeah, nice. yeah, that would be lovely, <laughs> I think. Um, but no, I, I think personally, I, I don't obviously don't follow them, but I think Potter does deserve a bit of time to, to stick with the players and, and try and form a way. Obviously, he's got a load of different players to, to work with and, and things like that. Um, and so I, I personally think, you know, give him till the end of the season, see what he can do. Um and sort of start fresh in pre-season, really, with, with that bunch of players. But I understand the sort of, yeah, the lack of patience, if you want, because um, obviously you're not getting those results straight away. It must be really frustrating. I mean, I've, I can't really comment too much. We've not been any better, really, this season. So we're, we're, we're trying to hold on for a top four spot, really, but it's kind of looking more hopeful than anything. So, Well, your team's going to stay in the Premier League. We're, we're going to end up in the Championship <laughs> the way things are going. So we'll... oh, I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> Surely not that bad. But no, nah, I think... Well, we're only 10 up. points from the bottom three, so that gives you a bit of an indication. But a couple more, <laughs> a couple more questions. I promise I wouldn't rant. A couple more questions before we finish, Kieran. Um, in, t- in terms of yourself and with... The, the Chelsea side, what would you say is like a short-term goal that you'd have for your team? And what would you say would be a long-term goal for you and your current team? Yeah, I think a short-term goal, probably, you know, winning some sort of silverware within the next couple of years. I think that's that's probably realistic. I think obviously when you're in your first season, everybody's kind of still got to get used to playing with each other. You're wanting to attract more players and, and there's always that kind of development going on. Um, so that would be brilliant if we could have something to show for it after two years. Um, and then long term, I think, you know, pro- probably the most exciting thing that I think for, well, for me and just Chelsea in general is sort of the the potential that the the Amity team have. Um, you know, they've set up a, a junior team. Um, so they're, they're the only club in the country to do that. Um, so that's been massive because especially coming from the South um, and coming through the pathway myself to go and play for England. If you want to go and play or represent England or get some training for England, then you're going to have to go up to, to all the way up to crew to, to showcase what you can do and, and to train. Um, so I think what they've done has been massive in terms of inviting juniors to play um, and train down at Cobham, which is, well, it's an experience in itself, but just kind of, being able to train, obviously they're getting the the coaching, the development, and obviously there's going to be that pathway in the next two three years where they're, they're training in the, the juniors and then are able to go on and play in the league. Um, that that's the, the massive potential that I think Chelsea have, and probably one of the the biggest draws for me is because obviously I've been at that top level. You know, I'm not too too fussed about kind of winning everything now. Obviously, it's brilliant that, that you want to win and things like that, but I think having some pathway and, and being able to help the younger ones to, to come through. Um, and even in the last couple of sessions, we've had completely new players that haven't played amputee football before or have only been to the junior camps. And so for them to kind of yeah be able to train, develop and play alongside sort of the more experienced people um, like we have at Chelsea is, 
it's massive for them really in terms of being able to develop into an England player. So I think in terms of kind of the long-term vision for obviously the club and even the England team, you know, that we're going to have players that were developed at Chelsea, at Cobham and will eventually sort of win trophies for England, which I think is the the most exciting part in it for me, to be honest, you know. And just finally, what would be for you your own personal goal? What What is your personal ambition within maybe the next 12 months or the next two years? I'd say, yeah, personally, as I say, kind of win some sort of silver with, with Chelsea would be brilliant, um, sort of on a domestic level. Um, and obviously with England, you know, with, with We've had some tough tournaments, really. Um, you know, we're a young team um, and we've gone out on penalties plenty of times before, so it's typical England. But, um, no, with a young team, a lot of them have come through the pathway, like I've said. Um, and so I think just, yeah, it's continuing to improve with, with England. Um, we've got the Nations League this summer. Um, so we'll be playing against Poland, Spain and Turkey, who are the, nice. the top four in, in European amputee football. So, That'll be a really good test, really good challenge. So to try and, you know, represent ourselves well there. And I think just, yeah, obviously moving on into the, the 2024 Euros, I think we'll have a, a really good chance of going and trying to to get a medal or even win it. I think will be will be massive because a lot of the players will have developed and, and we're growing as a team. So I think, yeah, just to, to continue to improve for England as well would be, would be massive. Well, brilliant. And... Yeah, may I say good luck for the rest of the season, Kieran. I hope things go well and I'd like to hopefully get to one or two games before the season concludes. And, you know, again, thank you very much for coming on to the show today. Uh, massive thanks, Keith. It's a uh, yeah, brilliant exposure for the sport to be able to, to showcase it like this. So, yeah, massive thanks for having me on. No problem. My pleasure. Podcast Network. Let me give you a big Labor Day surprise. Most people think if we all exercise the same and eat the same, we'd all look the same. And let me tell you why that's wrong. Your body is unique and your metabolism is unique. I'm Lacey Green and I'm a super trainer at Body. That's B-O-D-I dot com. And you can't see me, but I don't look like your average personal trainer. I'm curvy and I'm proud of it. So I created a program for beginners only on the Body app to show people like us how to get incredible results and be our version of happy and healthy. This isn't just workout videos. It's people like you and me. It's community. It's incredible trainers. It's easy to follow nutrition and mindset experts to help you reduce stress and just feel better. And you can get started with my new program called For Beginners Only. Now, here's the big surprise. If you go to body.com right now, that's B-O-D-I.com, not only can you get everything Body has to offer at 50% off with an annual membership, you'll also get an additional 20% off, but only during Labor Day weekend. Let's do this together. Go to body.com. That's body with an I.com.